0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. This is Locked on Chiefs, and we have a lot to talk about as the Chiefs hit the field for the official OTA beginning. We're going to talk with Matt Derrick, as we always do, about things that need to be heard about inside the Chiefs at camp, at OTAs, game days, etc., etc., We're going to have an interesting conversation about what we need to see this week, and we should see and hear from the team on Thursday, so be prepared for that. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and your host at RGR Football, where you can always see our film reviews and everything else. We also have a couple of twists coming to this show. We'll have announcements for you coming in the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to this, and the Chiefs are starting to look forward as they got back out on the field. A couple of things. Uh, news-wise, that we need to go over. And that is starting with the fact that there's now 30 out of 32 teams that have clearance to have fans in seats as we go through the 2021 season. The Chiefs are one of them. We expect to have fans there. Likewise, we are expecting to have fans available to be at training camp for the Chiefs in St. Joe. We just don't know the specifics of it yet. And as we go through, there is more and more coming in terms of news and little bits and pieces And that comes back around to, you know, what are the guidelines right now for training camp and that kind of thing? Uh, And that's where it all comes back to. The league-wide should have training camp all open. That's welcome news. We've been speculating that uh, we felt it was going to be that way. Now we have confirmation, uh, thanks to Tom Pelliserio today. Uh, Plenty to dig into there as we almost get back to a, a normality. Uh, I will be there the last weekend of training camp, as I always am. So hopefully you guys can get out there and we can get some kind of get-together going. There will be plenty of fans. The question becomes, who's going to be on this roster? There are a lot of competitions right now, a lot of getting to know you right now. We're going to talk with Matt about a lot of that here in a minute. But what a follow-up on yesterday's conversation. Uh, we are starting to get more hints, at least you know, in the media, not necessarily people who know anything. Um, that have insider information or anything along those lines. But a lot more people starting to put the puzzles together like we did the last couple of days, thinking that there is an outside chance the Chiefs could be looking to make a move towards Julio Jones just because of how formidable it would make this particular offense. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. But as things shake out, especially as we hear more and more about how that was kind of an off-the-cuff thing, that. Maybe revealed a little bit more than the team would have liked to. The fact that the Atlanta Falcons are putting it on their own social media probably tells you uh, just how much they're trying to hype it up to because that's trade value for them. So I think that all leads towards where can this go? So we're just going to have to stay tuned. Staying tuned is what a lot of the new guys in camp have to do this week. And a couple of them in particular are very focused on learning from the veterans. Tyron Matthews has been uh, back on Twitter. I know everybody was in a huff last week. But he's back on Twitter in a positive way, talking about uh, what the young guys are bringing with them in terms of energy, in terms of desire to learn, everything that that he has always talked about. And you can say whatever you want about Tyron Matthew at any stage of his career, including LSU and all the things that were question marks back then. Desire has never been one of the questions. It is, I think, fundamental in the way he goes about his business and what he brings to this particular defense. So to recognize that in others, in young guys that I think He's going to be able to mentor here, which is going to be particularly important this season. I think that's key to where we are right now in the beginning of OTAs. Uh, this team is going to change. Things are going to shift before training camp, but right now, that's where they are, and that's really important. I want to get some of the details and what we should expect and a couple of theories here from Matt Derrick from uh, KC Sports Network and Chiefs Digest. He's coming up next right after this. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market, for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors, but let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com. By using the promo code Locked15, you'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code Locked15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Welcome back, folks. It's off season and all that, but it means absolutely nothing around here because Matt Derrick is still covering this team for KC Sports Network and Chiefs Digest, and that means we got to get the inside info. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well. Ryan, do you have it off season? Um, no. I don't, think, I don't think you have
1: an off season. I mean, I forced myself to have an off season by just not working really hard during yeah. periods of
0: time, but you you're always working hard. I have a weekend or two. Um, and if they go right, it's helpful. If they don't, it's not. So <laughs> it's just one of those things, but uh, we're taking a trip this year uh, for the wife's uh, big birthday. So I think that'll be fun. Well, you guys will miss me in October for a week, so it won't be a big deal, but um. That said, the league has a couple of built in times off, right? This ain't one of them. And it, it feels like with a lack of uh, exposure to what's going on at Chiefs OTAs, like, cause there's no cameras. You guys haven't been there yet. I'm just like waiting. And it feels like with all the changes that have gone on on this roster, that like, it feels like even for like what should be a pretty like low impact week. I'm a little anxious. Like, I want to see what's going on. Is that is that true for you guys that are covering the team as well? Or are you just like, ah, we'll see it when we see it?
1: No, I, I, I mean, I'm definitely curious. I mean, I think that's probably the big word. I probably overuse that word. I've been told that I overused the word curious. <laughs> um, but in this case, I'm genuinely very, very curious. Because uh, there's a lot of questions that we just don't know. And we're not going to get any answers. I mean, we will get hints, maybe inklings at the very best. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the, you know, and so people know how it works during this o- 10 OT, 10 practice OTA period. Only three of them are open to the media and they're only going to be open to select media. It's still COVID protocols. So not everybody's going to be there, which also means that the chiefs can implement their practice rules, um, as a closed practice, which uh, they can limit what we can talk about and everything. Um, so yeah, I I mean, certainly practice helps us kind of inform what we're seeing and it can inform our questioning of players and coaches, but there's certain things that the chiefs consider off the record. So that's why you're not going to see a ton of things. I mean, there's going to be some questions that people will have, and unless we can find creative ways to get those answered. Yeah. I mean, you're probably going to still have some questions and we will too. I mean, even those of those who get a chance to see things are going to have those same questions. Um, and then you get the three uh, you know, mini camp practices, that will be open. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I mean, of those, of those opportunities that we get, I think they're, they're only going to be hints to what happens once they get the training camp. And that's when things will really obviously take off. Uh, but we'll get an inkling at least, you know, where some players I think fit in right now. Um, maybe who's a little bit on the outside. Uh, maybe who's further along than maybe we expect. Mm-hmm. And those are at least things right now, this time of year, you can get, a little bit of a read on. I mean, the guy who starts with the first team practicing on the offensive line on May 26th is not necessarily who's good guy is going to be once you get to July 29th.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's like, this feels like a very big, um, Hey, half the locker room's different, or at least that's what it feels like to me. Everybody kind of get to know each other. Let's uh, Did they implement standard training tables? So guys can go actually hang out and have lunch and actually get to know each other. Or is this still like, um everybody swoop through and pick up. You know, I think I think it's a legitimate question because,
1: you know, we we haven't got to see anything. And and, and Chiefs.com has posted some pictures if people haven't seen it. Um that make it a, still a little bit hard to figure out, you know, where the limitations are because, you know, as of now the NFL has not officially lifted a lot of the COVID protocols that were in an application for the team facilities. And they have policies specifically for OTAs. Um, which limited I, I believe it was maybe 12 players, for instance, um, that could be in the strength and conditioning room at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, they do have some limitations on that still about who can be in in and, you know, everything's virtual meetings. So you're not getting entire position groups or entire offense, defense into meetings. That's still being virtual. Um, meals have been another one that was limited as far as, you know, yeah, who could be hanging out with who and everything. The one thing that the league did pull back on that is probably the most critical, and one that I'm in, will be interested in talking with players later this week to see if is developing, is that they pulled back on the players being able to spend time to be with each other outside the facility, and that's a big deal. I mean, not only is it just you know an opportunity for players to work together, whether especially whether it's quarterbacks and pass catchers going out and and catching balls and throwing balls to each other and everything. Um, it's a big deal for, you know, new guys, their team and everything getting together. And like you said, I mean, uh, you know, Tyron Matthews talked about having all the defense and the, you know, the secondary guys over to his house, you know, for for barbecue. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the kind of things that, hey, if you're in that offensive line group, I think you want to be hanging out with those guys as much as you possibly can right now. And that means going over by everybody's house to watch sports. It's to play video games, eat barbecue uh i'm sure mitch schwartz would still have everybody over even though he's not on the team i mean if they want to go over and cook for them i'm sure he would right <laughs> so <laughs> things like that that you can do i mean to build chemistry yeah i mean you can do that and that's something that i'm interested to see if the players are taking advantage of now that they can't hang out together more
0: i am too and it's interesting that you put it that way because it feels like throwback to like the 70s and 80s football where guys like detached from the team when the season's out of practice right and they end up hanging out in pairs or groups or whatever based on positional need or or just friendships in the locker room. Right. And I think Mitch is still working on his house. So, like, they'd have to probably do something else. But that aspect of this having changed from COVID, I, I wonder what that does for uh, cohesiveness and morale for guys that have to put this together on their own. Like you said.
1: Yeah. And I, and I, I think it's interesting you compare it to the old days because you're right. I mean. You know, when the NFL was a different sport, especially, say, pre-free agency period when, you know, there still wasn't a lot of money in the game. Yeah, I mean, there'd be plenty of guys that when the season was over would go back home and run their beer distributorships or right. sell insurance or whatever it was they need to make money. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was they went back and did their business and they didn't see anybody between January and August. I mean, that was just how it was. Um, nowadays, the end of the season, players depart. Um, but increasingly, a lot more players, you know, start showing up in the facilities, even say March to start working out. I mean, OTAs and the offseason program officially begins in, in mid April. And I, that's when almost everybody starts showing up at that point. Um, and, and then you've got this period between April and the beginning of, you know, really mid June now this year with the, with the mini camps that the teams are together. And then you got six weeks off for training camp. I mean, increasingly, that six weeks is really the only time that these players are, up hard for a long period of time and it's not that big of a deal and that's why you know to a degree i mean you know the the, the nflpa would be fine with trying to get away from you know the ot off program and getting rid of some of the workouts and everything because they feel like the players are doing more and more than they've ever done before mm-hmm. and they're working on, it on their own maybe to their own detriment That could be a question that the nflpa i think needs to answer um but yeah i mean it's it's different than it used to be and and that camaraderie what they build up, I mean, you know, I I, th- I think that, you know, I don't think that there's any way that you could not say that part of the Chiefs' success stems from the fact that they've got a lot of guys that hang out together and enjoy each other's company and they get along well. And, and that has nothing to do with the football field. It just has to do with so many things that happen off the field.
0: Yeah, and it's funny how a couple of additions can change that feel. I, th- I think Jeff Allen said it recently for KCSN. That you know, just a couple of additions can change the way the room works, and Chiefs have a lot of additions in this particular locker room going into this OTA session. We're going to talk about some of the question marks coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So I want to know from you, Matt. Like, of all the changes that are going on, like, what are you most? What, what's your top thing that you want to go get eyes on to see the difference in?
1: I mean, it's to me, it's definitely an offensive line. I mean, just because it's that's a deep group. I mean, you you typically at this time of year, you know, the Chiefs would be carrying about 15 offensive linemen, which is what they have this year. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest. I mean, you know, you could usually be penciling in and saying, OK, there's six or seven guys that are going to make this team. Um, there's one or two roster spots that are up for competition. And after that, you know, I mean, it, these are just these are guys that are there for competition. I mean, maybe there will be somebody that breaks through. I mean, Andrew Wiley was one of those guys at one point. And he broke through. He cracked in. I mean, he was a, a 10 to 15 training camp guy and he broke in. I mean, those guys absolutely happen. I mean, it's just they can they can bust out. But this team this year, I mean, honestly, I think it's 10, 11 deep as far as, you know, guys that could make this team on the offensive line i mean i think that they're that deep and even you know some of the guys that you would say in an 11 to 15 position i mean even those are guys that i think you could say are probably more competitive than most 11 to 15 offensive line this year the question is is that i'm not certain that all of that say top 10 top 10 top 11 guys are guaranteed anything because i think there's a lot of question marks i mean i think there's two guys that you can absolutely say without, with certainty are going to make this team. I mean, it's Orlando Brown and, and Joe Tooney. I mean, af- and after that, I mean, honestly, I could make a case for any combination of players after that making this team. And, and some of it, it consists around the fact that you've got questions around guys. LDT and Kyle Long, who are they as players right now? We all know. They haven't been on a football field in 18 months. You know, it's yeah. been a long time since we've seen them on a field. So we don't know where they are. Um, you know, you're hoping that this group's meshes, meshes together, but you know what? Sometimes new scenery doesn't equal success. I mean, just because the players had success elsewhere doesn't mean they're going to come in and have success here. Um, some guys, sometimes a guy in a new position isn't going to work out. You know, you just never know. So, you know, even though the Chiefs have made some moves and brought some competition in, there's no guarantee that those moves are going to, are, are going to pay off. And then there's the possibility that all of them pay off. I mean, if Kyle Long comes in and looks like, an, you know, a Pro Bowl right tackle, <laughs> and LDT looks just as good as he was a few years ago, and he can start for you at right guard, and Austin Blythe looks fantastic, then all of a sudden, you know, yeah, you, you're going to have an incredibly tough competition to be those next four or five guys. Because uh, just that, the competition is that tough. But I, there's a lot of question marks, and not all of them are going to be answered right now because – this offensive line to me, I mean, it's this, we've seen maybe a little bit of an evolution in progress, maybe in accidental progress mm-hmm. as far as making this team a little bit more aggressive and more of a, a mauling type offensive line, more of a power group. This year's totally intentional, complete overhaul. I mean, they're going for power. This right. is a, this is an offense built to try and push some people around now. And and that means that, you know, hey, if you're going to if you're going to come into this offensive line, you got to do that. And maybe some people will succeed at that. Maybe some people won't. And you just got to see how they but that's a question that's not going to be answered in shorts in late May and early June. I mean, that's going to be answered when you get to August and you put the pads on and then you're going to find out really what this offensive line is.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of wrinkles in there. I, I agree with you. The thing that I'm most intrigued about is that right guard competition. Nothing against Trey Smith. I think, I think he's a rookie. I think he's going to have an opportunity to um, stub his toe the last week of camp and make it to IR and everything will be fine for him for this season. Um, but for me, like, there's three scenarios, and I'm glad that you said it the way that you did because that's how I'm leaning right now. And it ties into Lucas Niang as well. But you can have a scenario where LDT beats Kyle Long and Kyle's a backup at guard. You have a scenario where the opposite happens. And then you have the scenario where they both look very similar to the way they were and that means that you have two quality guards that could start, and you have one guy in long that could start at tackle, right? And I think that gives Lucas Niang a little bit of a breather to get a little bit more under his belt because I, I'm glad for the progress. It looks like he moves better than he did coming out. Great. He still hasn't taken a single snap in the NFL. And so I think that's significant. I think we know what Mike Remmer's in it. And if he is a backup, on even on the other side, which we saw him struggle with in the Super Bowl, obviously, uh, that's still better quality than having either LDT or Long lose out and be a backup and be not on the field. That's the one that I'm actually hoping for right now. Uh, but I don't know that it's the most likely, and I think it ties into Niang. And the Blythe comment was important as well because I could see that going any number of ways. Like Those three spots, I think, are what it all comes down to. Right now, what does your gut tell you that we might see in camp?
1: Yeah, I, because and, and I I could I think you've done a great job there of kind of laying it out. And honestly, you can throw a bunch of more names in there, too, because, you know, yeah, I mean, I would expect that, you know, probably Austin Blythe or a Nick Allegretti could certainly compete for the center position. And, you know, and there could be some other names that work their way in there, too. I mean, you know, Daryl Williams is one of those 11 to 15 guys mm-hmm. that I talked about. Um, But could certainly compete for an interior spot. So maybe maybe he's the third team guy and maybe he works his way up. That right guard position, my goodness. I mean, first of all, the Chiefs have three guys who could legitimately tell you that they are the incumbent starter at right guard. LDT was a the starter there the last time that he was on a field. Andrew Wiley was the last full-time starter they had at that position. You know, Mike Rimmers was starting there before he had to be moved to another spot. I mean, all three of those guys could tell you that they're the incumbent right guard. Right. And then you bring in Allegretti. He was he was starting at left guard. So why couldn't he move over to the other side? I mean, you and and, yeah, you know, if Kyle Long, let's say he were to win or Mike Rimmers wins the right tackle job. And this is cliche. It's an Andy Reid cliche. And it's true to a certain degree from a certain point of view that the five best guys are going to start on the offensive line. It's not true. But Sort of let's take that as 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 it is. If Lucas Niang is one of your top five guys and he's not your best right tackle, he could be starting at right guard. I mean, you could throw him in the mix there. I mean, that right guard position, they've got probably seven guys that could be competing for that right. spot. And four or five that probably have a legitimate shot at that spot. And it's going to certainly have, you know, depend on how everything shakes out and, and what happens. And you're right. I mean, I, I think there's you know there's a long a wide range of outcomes with a lot of these players you know, talk about Austin Blythe could be anywhere from starter to not make the team same thing with Kyle Long i mean Kyle Long could be the starter at two different spots he could be a backup he could just not have it anymore and not mm-hmm. be on the team so uh yeah i mean it's going to be a, a really interesting competition uh that's and that's why i just think it's going to there are other things that are going to be interesting to see across this team about certain spots and how guys line up and where the depth chart starts to look like it's going to line up and where the rotations might be. But anybody tells you who the starting offensive line week one for the chiefs right now is
0: purely guessing. (laughs) It's to me, that that's the biggest question. I want to see LDT. I want to see what his weight looks like. I want to see how robust his shoulders look like. I I, I think his lower body is going to be in shape. We saw him doing workouts during the offseason. It's that upper body that I think, when you're not actively using it in training in some way that is functional on the field, I think you lose some of that i I know like the one-legged hyper extensions that that long was doing hey that sets you up to be able to have a, a smoother kick step good for him but we have to see them and I think that's what everybody keeps putting off like hey, they are who they were, not necessarily and so in the mix, I think that's all the three guys including the yang that's going to be the biggest question mark to me right now.
1: And there's two benefits that LDT and Kyle Long both have. And and I've been, hey, I've been pretty clear, you know, through this offseason. I think that they both have big question marks that they've got to answer. But there's two X factors that are in their favor, which is that both of them have been slowed down by injuries in the last few seasons that they played. I mean, LDT, I don't think has played a full season since maybe 2016, Mm -hmm. you know, because he's had injuries. Kyle Long, I mean, really, the injuries were what forced him to really retire and take a year off um if their if their bodies have healed up and they've had a chance to really kind of refresh and this year off has has allowed them to to really kind of get healthy in a certain a few places uh yeah, I can certainly see that playing in their favor I mean at their ages, the layoff i think is still going to be an overall negative, but if they're both healthier than they were eighteen months ago twenty four months ago then I, that is that is something that's in their favor. I still think that they both have a lot to prove and overcome. Um, But that I mean, just being healthy could be
0: something that that absolutely plays a factor in this race. Well, and the depth goes that way as well. And it all goes back to protecting the homes. That's what they're there for. Folks, we're going to have more later in the week when we see them or at least hear from them. We'll see what actually boils down. But that's where we're at today. Matt will fill us in later. Thanks for being with us today, Matt. Thanks, Ryan. Always great. Take care, folks. We're going to be back with you. And remember, we're here five days a week. If you like that, make sure you check out iTunes and uh, leave us a nice review. That would be nice. Five stars are always great. But we want to make sure that you don't miss anything. So if you're somebody that listens once or twice a week, take that up a notch. Make sure that you're informed on everything that's going on. We're going to have a lot of great guests. We have an interesting piece that I'm going to talk about some of what the future looks like and what some players actually reinforce about the way that we go about building rosters. It's gonna be an interesting piece um, that I've been working on for a little bit and I want to share that you know, a little bit ahead of time with you. Tracy Tracy's well. the founder uh, of We have some announcements coming up. In for those who appreciate Follow you listening him there to today. Chris we Clark is a senior tomorrow. analyst at Chiefsdigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.